You have reached the voicemail box of Speed Dial with Ira Madison III and Doreen St. Felix. This week, we're talking about the curse of the 2016 Olympics, Ashanti versus J-Lo, and the nonsense going on in Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift's relationship. Leave a message. Ira, did you hear that Usain Bolt got injured? He's not going to the Olympics. I'm telling you, I think that it's cursed. I think that the 2016 Summer Olympics is cursed. When we talk about it, call me back. D-Money. Let's talk about these Olympics. Okay, no, this shit is out of control. I Last week, I was looking at a pick stitch, like there were four photos of American athletes who have all gotten injured and, well, allegedly injured and are not going to go to the Olympics. So my man, my baby daddy, Usain Bolt, Sonia Richards, uh, Ross, even Lolo Jones. I know you probably don't see it for Lolo Jones, but it's still kind of like, Isn't wow. Isn't Lolo it just, the one who's always getting her, her like self into drama on Twitter? Yeah. She's always saying some smart shit. Yeah, she's I don't the like one. That remember when she went to the Beyonce concert and she was like sitting in the highest seats possible and everybody roasted her for it? Yes, that's right. Bitch can't even <laughs> afford Beyonce tickets. But she's like, you know, she's an athlete. She represents America. And it's scary that so many of these people are getting injured and are not going to go to the Rio Olympics. I mean,. Does anybody really want to go to the Rio Olympics? My best <laughs> friend actually won tickets. Um, he and his fiance are going to Rio, and it's like all expenses paid. And they're like, oh my God, we're going to the Olympics. It's going to be so much fun. I'm like, have fun dying in Rio. Ira, they found this man on the beach, like completely dismembered. With some X Files shit. You know what the police said, too, right? No, what'd they say? They, like, released a statement saying that we will not be there to protect people during the Olympics. Oh, my God. So this is literally going to be the Hunger Games. <laughs> They're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, all those oh people mad at the Olympics, like, coming into their city and, like, doing nothing for, like, poor people in Rio and just being like, oh, let's make all this money from tourists. Like, those people are about to revolt. And I do not want to be on the receiving end of, like, like you said, some Hunger Games shit. But it would be overdue, I think. Any time the Olympics go to a city, they completely, like, re... Like, they reconstitute the geography of that city to build whatever huge stadium most of the, like, games are going to go down in. They end up, like displacing a lot of people who live in like lower income neighborhoods or whatever so i remember you know when rio was first announced years ago those worries were like immediately they came to the forefront because it was like you know brazil has a really large population of people who live in the favelas and those people were going to get displaced and so i it, to me it almost seems like cosmic irony that everything that could go wrong for this summer's Olympics has gone wrong. It's really scary. And I mean, Zika, Zika, first of all, Zika is not even only in South and Latin America anymore. Zika is in the US. 
So I don't actually think I know what Zika even is. Oh, let me tell you what Zika is. So basically, there are these mosquitoes that carry this. Um, basically, it's like a virus, right? And so if you get bit by this mosquito and then you decide to get pregnant, there's an increased chance that your child might have something called microencephaly. So babies that are born with Zika end up having these really small heads as compared to the rest of their body, you know, which is bad for the development of the brain. It's really, it's, it's really terrible. So there's the problem of Zika. And then there's also the problem of the fact that so many of the governments in South America are Catholic. And so abortion is banned in a lot of these countries and women, you know, they don't really have any options because it's like, you can't really get access to birth control. And then even if you know, you decide that you are like you don't want to be celibate while this virus is threatening the country. Should you want to get an abortion? That's going to be incredibly difficult, too. So Zika, there's like the the epidemic itself and then the way the epidemic unfortunately interacts with the pre-existing laws in places like Brazil and what have you. So this epidemic is affecting primarily poor women of color. And I think that's also why people globally like don't really understand the breadth of the problem. What are you to do when your government doesn't give you the options that would allow you to be safe as like a safe sexually active person during this time period? You can't just be celibate for however many years these mosquitoes are going around the country. So I think it's just that is the real to me that's the real news coming out of South America right now and it's sad that the pomp and circumstance of the Olympics is not only exacerbating the problem, but then making it so that that story is being erased. I mean, that's pretty horrifying. And of course, no one cares because it's not happening in America. So there are no sort of like ice bucket challenges for Zika going on right now. I feel like that's the only way American people find out about anything that's happening in the world. Yeah, so as much as the Olympics have become kind of a running joke for how everything horrible is happening to either the athletes that are going or within the country, there's actually, like, there's stories that are going to last way beyond, you know, that two-week festival is over. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when I saw, like, Usain Bolt, that man is made of steel, you know, nothing ever touches him. And then he, like, mysteriously sprains himself during a, an Olympic trial in Jamaica. It's really strange. But part of me is also, like, maybe because they're maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm not trying to go down to Zika land. I would fake an injury, too. Yeah, I would. I faked injuries for less. I faked an injury every time something hot was happening in Power Rangers. You cannot miss what Tommy is up to. (laughs) (laughs) So because people on the internet don't know how to enjoy a vacation, on Saturday, a whole slew of Ashanti stands, because they do exist, they still exist, they got um, extremely angry at this video that was going around. And Ira, I know you saw the video, right? Well, I saw it and tried to respond to it, and I was quickly blocked um, because, one, 
people do not like when you disagree with them on the internet. Um, they prefer conjecture. And when you try and introduce facts into an argument, you will quickly get blocked. Plus, Ashanti stands still hate me for that review I did of her flop Valentine's Day show with Ja Rule. <laughs> like, they literally... That's really funny. <laughs> they combed my mentions to death. Um, they went into my Instagram and would write, like, flop on my Instagram posts. Um, Iggy Azalea stands The irony to me also. of that is just, it's a little bit too heavy to bear. Right? Flop. Um, hmm. Ashanti and Iggy fans are the only people who've like gone to my other social media to attack me. Wow. I wish that the, um, their idols had the work ethic that their stands do. But <laughs> at any rate, back to this video. Essentially, somebody unearthed a bunch of clips that show examples of songs that either belong to artists. I use belonged in air quotes, but songs that had been recorded by other artists before J-Lo got them or songs that in the example of Ain't It Funny, J-Lo actually just like recorded over Ashanti's vocals that had been laid down first. And so people just like came to this conclusion that J-Lo stole Ashanti's career, essentially. Yeah, and like some of that is a bit disingenuous because as we all know, people record songs all the time that they don't end up using and then can be given to another artist, either by the writer or the label. But let's get to Ashanti's career. The New York Times will never live down that headline, the solo Beyonce, she's no Ashanti. Ashanti was like killing it. You know, she had Foolish, she had Rock With You, Aw Baby, she had 20 other songs with Baby in the title. Um, she was <laughs> everywhere. And she was like sort of going toe-to-toe with J-Lo, because J-Lo was huge then, too. But the thing was, I think that Ashanti's downfall wasn't so much that, you know, songs were getting taken from her and given to J-Lo. Her downfall was that she hitched herself to the wrong wagon. J-Lo hitched herself to Puff Daddy. Ashanti to Ja Rule. And where in the world is Ja Rule right now? He's a commentator for Fox News. So I think in retrospect, I can look back at the situation and just say that in combination with her momager just meant that she wasn't going to be able to sustain as a solo artist as an artist outside of the you know the murder inc um group right because if you hitch yourself to puffy's wagon like unless you die early or he just like doesn't release your music anymore um but that only happens when you're like a girl or boy band uh if you're just a regular artist signed to puffy Sometimes your career can go places. I mean, it, of course, helps if you date him. And I think a lot of us forget, you know, that era where, like, J-Lo and Puffy were, like, booed up. And then they broke up because she almost went to jail for that shooting (laughs) at that nightclub. J-Lo was like, actually, she well actually him and said, I'm going to date Ben Affleck now. I'm going to make Gigli. She was not going to get caught up. (laughs) <laughs> and any of that, any of that um, Harlem shit. Which is so funny, you know, because like she made one of like 
the worst films ever, according to critics at the time, you know? And J-Lo has managed to rebound. Ashanti, on the other hand, actually made better film choices than J-Lo at that period. She just can't really act. What <laughs> movies was Ashanti in? You, she was in Coach Carter. Oh, true. She was in John Tucker Must Die. I really forget how much Ashanti permeated the culture. She was in like the early to middle two thousands. But speaking of like her momager, you know, when I saw her in February, the mom was on the side of the stage holding a video camera, like recording the concert. That is so sad. And then when it, it so died, <laughs> then when it died, she picked up an iPad and recorded. Oh. Oh my God, this is like a Kafka novel. <laughs> Poor Ashanti. No, that's that's really hard for me to hear, especially because it's like so many artists are introduced to the public via a momager just because it's like you save a lot of money, you know? Yeah. Rather than having to invest in an outside manager. But you have to know when to let them go. And Beyonce is the best example of that. She got Beyonce, the fuck rid of her dad. 2011. And then I think the the career, the part of Beyonce's career that has the most depth is the part when she's no longer tethered to her father. And there's just also the fact that like J-Lo also managed to be like a celebrity and not just a singer. J-Lo was on red carpets. J-Lo sort of made herself into like, you're always talking about J-Lo, you know? Like yeah. if yeah, there's Yeah, J-Lo someone... essentially invented Google via yeah. the dress. If that she wore to the Grammys that year. There's someone else who, like, now I would sort of compare Sierra to J-Lo during that period. Just because, like, Sierra is very beautiful. She's also a celebrity, you know? She, like, she appears in tabloids and magazines, even if she's not really releasing an album at the moment. And I think that's why Sierra has lasted so long. Just because we're always thinking about what Sierra is doing, you know? But I don't think we were ever thinking about what Ashanti was doing. Initially, when I saw the Ashanti J-Lo thing going down, I was just like, oh, my God, the Internet is interneting. But then when I really thought back to what Ashanti had and how quickly it seemed to evaporate, it made me sad. Well, yeah. I mean, like, what did you tweet? Like, Ashanti's enduring legacy is like booty scooting on the Queen Latifah stage. It's really true. She's just <laughs> she's just a gif now. I hated that booty scoot so much. Oh my god. If you have not seen it, please Google Ashanti Queen Latifah show um because she does a performance where at some point she and her dancers sit on the ground and they just scoot across the stage. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> This is Doreen St. Felix, co-host of Speed Dial with Ira Madison III, letting you know that you can now subscribe to each of your favorite MTV podcasts individually at iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So search for Speed Dial or any of your other favorites and hit subscribe. Thanks.
I am disgusted. When I saw those photos of that grown ass white man, he's a 35 year old white man wearing her name, her initials emblazoned on his T-shirt. And he has that fake tattoo on his arm of her. I was just like, shouldn't he be concerned with Brexit or something? Like, isn't his country like going to shit? Meanwhile, he's up in Rhode Island frolicking with this little girl, Taylor Swift. I was just so aggravated. I don't even know who Tom Hiddleston is to be honest, but now that I do, I'm extremely disappointed in him. And this is just the latest in their like tour of terror because they have been like staging photo shoots everywhere they go. And they've been going to the corniest places possible for a new couple to go. Taking walks on the beach. If you're a new couple, Like, your ass is supposed to be at the club, you're going shopping or whatever. They're, like, always having tea and going to beaches when it's overcast. (laughs) Always. So corny. Always with the paparazzi trailing just behind them. And there's always a shot of Taylor looking at the camera being like, I see you there. Now, do we think this is real? Do we think that she is playing America And being like, I'm scamming you all. This is what happens when y'all are so focused on my love life. Or is she like doing some sort of performance art? So here's the thing with Taylor Swift. She is probably one of the greatest women songwriters ever. I will give old girl that. She can write a tune. Yeah, she can write a song. That's pretty much all she can do with respect to music. But... I think that for as much as Taylor Swift is positioned as like America's sweetheart, like an artist who's all about creating in a really folksy way, she's totally a Kardashian. She's so invested in the paparazzi complex. She's all about, you know, having these like really public and photographed relationships that aren't even just like allegedly romantic. Also her friendships. Remember last year with the whole like squad thing? She was always in a photo with like six other white women and one poor black woman. I think feminism got connected to her in this really weird way last year because she was just hanging out with other women. But it was so obvious that like, even if these friendships have a nugget that's real, so much of them are about performing, are about doing stuff outside so then it can get photographs so so then she can get press. Because like low key, like Taylor Swift, she doesn't put out music as much as like a Rihanna has done in the past year and a half, right? No. Rihanna has her album and she's put out a single almost like every two weeks outside of that. But Taylor Swift is not really focusing on music right now. She's focusing on fake relationships. There's this whole sect of like, I want to say white Kardashians, but the Kardashians are white themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they connect themselves to like, black culture more than like the pristine girls and i feel like that's sort of like why the kardashians are the bad girls because it's like they're connected to like black culture which is you know like a bit seedier than you know the pristine you know blake lively and taylor swift's of the world the kardashians it's always like talking about their sex lives in a weird way that we don't talk about Taylor and like Blake's like we'll talk about Blake's pregnancy but you know not so much about 
what her and Ryan are doing in the bedroom. And even the conversations about Taylor Swift, even though she's on some Beyonce don't hurt yourself, you know, uh, bouncing to the next boy, we don't really talk about that in a sexual way. It's always like That's these... That's really fascinating. It's always these chaste, like, frolicking through the field relationships. And there's never presenting Taylor as, like, a sexual being. That's so... Uh, now I'm thinking of, you know, beyond just the Kardashians, all of the black and brown women celebrities who have dated, God forbid, more than one person, how they're immediately shaded as being slutty or overtly sexual in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like off the top of my head, somebody like Black China. Obviously, she's not on the tier of celebrity that Taylor Swift is. Give her time. <laughs> she has not publicly dated that many men. She's publicly dated way fewer men than Taylor Swift has. But because of how people see her body, um, you know, it's um, immediately decided that, like, sh- basically she's engaging in some kind of, like, sexual transaction for fame. Whereas, you know, there is obviously a reading of the situation of Taylor Swift right now with Tom Hiddleston that's like, oh, you know, she wants to attach herself to this kind of, like, Hollywood movie glamour. So she's dating this older white British actor. But you don't see that. Like, it's all, yeah, I'm really into what you said and now it just makes me want to go through all the ways Taylor Swift avoids a lot of the criticism that darker skinned women both black brown and white I guess experience well and I talked to a friend recently about how I don't really think that like Taylor is like slut shamed in the way that other women are and he was like no you're wrong like they're always talking about like who she's dating and this and that. And I'm like, but the conversation is always different, you know? And also the minute you try and say that there's always someone online quickly saying, don't slut shame Taylor Swift. Don't do this to women, et cetera, et cetera. But people don't say that when we're talking about, you know, non-white ladies or, barely white ladies like the Kardashians. I don't know what to call them anymore. That makes me think of bare naked ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Taylor Swift has her protectors, which is why she'll just continue to be more wildly out of pocket with, you know, publicity and paparazzi because no one is ever going to apply. I mean, we're probably one of the few critics that are applying this kind of analysis to what she's doing right now, you know? Even, like, right now, everybody's just like, oh, it's so, like, funny and whimsical whether or not she's with this person. I just want to know, like, her end game, you know? Like, does she want to be a movie actress? Like, she's mixing herself in this, like, Hollywood glamour with Tom Hiddleston. Um, I think her... Her endgame is probably similar to Drake's endgame. She just wants to own Apple. Okay, I can see that. You Do you think Taylor Swift and Drake are locked in this, like, Empire-esque battle for Apple? Oh my god, I love that idea. Because Drake... Maybe that's why Drake is, like, fake dating Rihanna right now. 
<laughs> that relationship is so that I feel like that relationship is faker than Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston's when glamour Absolutely. or whatever like first tweeted out it's official Rihanna and Drake are back together I was like why are you lying like go take a nap <laughs> so in the battle of fake relationships I think who who wins out is it Drake and Rihanna or Taylor and Hiddle Swift I think it's going to be Jay-Z and Tidal because <laughs> that fake relationship is eventually going to get bought by Apple and he will be the one who wins in the end. This episode of Speed Dial was produced by Kasia Mihailovic, Michael Catano, and Mukta Mohan for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV Podcasts. Subscribe to this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes.